I'm excited about being part of the church, and we've been studying for a few weeks. Psalms chapter 2, we won't go there tonight, but it says that the nations, the kings, the presidents, and the armies, all their work trying to come against Christ and to come against His body is nothing. It says that the Lord laughs at all of their greatest tries and trying to bring down the church and saying that the church is something of the past and that that Christianity is like a smoke and it's just something that the founding fathers and those before needed, but we don't need it anymore. But I believe that there is praise going around the throne of God 24 hours a day and they're crying out, holy, holy to the Lord God Almighty. If we could just get a, a vision of the power of the worship and praise that's going on before the throne of God and realizing that it is being filled up so that it can be poured out upon this earth in the last days. And all the glory and all the songs and all the praise of the elders and of the angels and of all the saints is going on to the name and to the glory of Jesus Christ. I believe that all of that is just being added up and just being mounted up to be poured out into the church so that that type of worship and that type of praise and those type of people to be on fire for God and to see the fire in His eyes, to see the glory and the scepter in His hand, to know that He rules and reigns in righteousness. And it says, I don't want to read to you in 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 15, it talks about how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. Somebody say the church. The church of the living God. He's the living God. Can I hear an amen? The pillar and the foundation of the truth. And beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. And I love this. It says, He appeared in a body. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up in glory. Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. Amen. I believe that as the Spirit vindicated Christ, the Spirit of God is about to vindicate His church in this final hour. It is so sickening to hear these people on TV and even even some of our presidential candidates wanting to get on these lesbian shows and talk about how I just we just got to learn to accept and we got to learn to love and our liberalism and all the things that are going around. But I believe that the Spirit of holiness is going to hit the church and the fire of God is going to hit the church that no matter how much they try to give the propaganda to all the freedom and liberalism in the world, I still believe that even if God said He would save Sodom and Gomorrah if there was only ten righteous, I believe that even as deep as the nations can try to get into sin and evilness of this times, I believe God is going to be vindicated by the Spirit. I believe the glory of God is going to be seen and that Christ is going to be preached around the world and to the nations. Can I hear an amen? It says, in Colossians 1.15, that He is the visible expression of the invisible God. By Him and for Him, all things, all things were created. All things. What do you claim right now? I claim, I claim high-definition TV in this place in Jesus' name. I claim that land to the side of us paid for in the name of Jesus. I claim camps built for the Royal Rangers in the name of Jesus. I claim expansion to the building in the name of Jesus for all things are Him. All the cattle on the hills and all the steel beams and all the insulation and all the wiring and all the plumbing we need is all His. And it's ours. It's ours. Vans. Buses. I saw on TV these young men have a bus that runs around on used cooking oil. 
I claim one of them for the church in Jesus' name. Just fill it up with cooking oil. Go around picking people up. You want to ride this bus? Just bring a bucket of oil. <laughs> oh, I believe in inventions are coming. It's been prophesied and I believe it is coming. I'm not fearful of tomorrow. I'm expectant of tomorrow. Oh, glory be to God. Do you know that when... The, uh, let me just give you a little bit of history here. Do you know that even today, that when the Jewish people circumcise their children, they put a throne on the side and they call it the, the chair of Elijah. Because they believe that the spirit of Elijah comes to witness the covenant of every child because Elijah is going to be the forerunner of preaching of the Messiah coming. And so they prepared this throne and no one can sit there because that's the throne for Elijah to sit. But I praise God, hallelujah, that every time we gather in the name of Jesus, He is in our midst. Not Elijah, one greater than Elijah. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, became flesh and dwelt among us. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who was in the bosom of the Father. Amen. So I believe that God is doing some, some awesome things. Now, I want to show you some things tonight. Uh, we're going to be showing a DVD in just a few minutes of uh, that something so marvelous. Over 210, 220 nations gathered in Jerusalem. Just a few weeks ago, there's over 200 something nations that are part of the global prayer network that are praying for the salvation and the revival around this world. It doesn't matter. There may be a scam going on in Israel right now with the prime minister. There will always be these news and scams and different things. It'll just make the church need to just pray harder and believe God that even in the midst of these things, God is going to be exalted. And I just want to share some scriptures with you because how many of you know Jesus is head over the affairs of the men? Jesus is the head over the affairs of the men. It's not John McCain. It's not Obama. And it's not Hillary. And it's not Chelsea's mama. It's Jesus Christ. And He is in charge of the affairs. And He is charge, He's in charge of the affairs in your home and your household in Jesus' name. Now let me give you a few scriptures. Look with me, Isaiah chapter 43. I just want to give you some scriptures. I've just been speaking scriptures to you that I believe are prophetic and part of the end time message. And what's happening now. And it says in Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah 43, verse 7. Well, it's all good. We got to start in verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I've given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sheba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. We're going to see this tonight. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Say that with me. North. north. Give, them up. give them up. 
souls. The, how many of you know the war in the nations and the war in liberalism, the war in politics, it's all over souls. It's over souls. And here we have the decree. Say to the north, give them up. And to the south, you can't hold them back from us. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. It says, bring my sons from afar. I want to give you confirmation on this. We had, I don't know, a number of people that started coming from Natchitoches. They mean coming on Wednesdays and Sundays and some new ones came today, a number of people. And there's this young man and his wife who were pastors. They came here this morning. They've been coming for a few weeks now. And he came up to me and he says, The Lord showed me when I came here the first time that I have finally found a father. He says, I have been a minister for 11, 13 years. And God says, You're my father. And we are members of this church. And you are my spiritual covering. Confirmation what I was going to preach tonight. The sons will come from afar. And it says in verse 8, Bring out the people who are blind, even though they have no eyes, and the deaf, even though they have no ears. And all the nations, say all the nations. He didn't say some of the nations, church. He said all the nations have gathered together so that the peoples may be assembled whom among them can declare this and proclaim to us former things. And let them present their witness that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is true. Look at verse 10, and he's telling you this. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. So that you may know and believe me and understand that I am me. How many of you know he is God? How many know he is God? Say amen. amen. Doesn't matter what's happening in Iran, say he is God. Yeah. Doesn't matter what's happening in North Korea, say he is God. No matter what's happening in Pakistan, say He is God. No matter what's going on in Syria, say He is God. No matter what Foutois is saying in Venezuela, say He is God. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world or in the islands around this world. He is God. He shall be declared among all the nations of the world. And it doesn't matter what Valdez says over there in, uh, over there in, in, in Venezuela. It doesn't matter what they're saying in Cuba. No matter what they're saying around this world. He is God. And we declare it before Hinduism, Buddhism, witchcraft, Satanism. He is God to the praise. And the glory of Jesus Christ. We are called, and the church, and I'm going to read your prophecy in just a minute. The church is called to take on a new image. And it's the image we should have always had because Jesus said in Luke, from the time of the beginning to John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered the violent, but the violent take it by what? Force. Take it by what? Force. Take it by what? Force. Force. Not just mingling, mangling and trying to make everything watered down and be comfortable. You take it by force. And the church is supposed to take on more and more the image, militant image of the army of the Lord. We went to Mass East Friday, took off that morning, and, and we went all the way close to the Arkansas border up there to uh, uh, Poverty Point, which is the oldest known Native American ruins, prehistoric ruins in the United States over 1700 B.C. And it was here in Louisiana, just two and a half hours from here, more or less. 
And they were built these ruins and they all kind of different type of stuff. Well, we went through that place Friday. And we did we did a prayer ride. We took out our prayers and decrees, and we started praying, decreeing that the spirit of poverty, from of poverty point over Louisiana, some of the longest routes that we know of in Louisiana, 1700 B.C. The same time the Egyptians were building the the pyramids, they were building these mounds. And we got those decrees, and we just started coming against it in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. Then we're coming home, and we passed in this little area that had this huge Masonic graveyard. And Sister Diana already felt that that needed to be prayed over. I think they might have prayed over it when they passed by, and they called us on the CV and say, we need to go back and pray over that place. So I took my oil out, and we anointed the tires, and we went through that place breaking all that spirit. That's been here for years and years and years. And now we found out that the highest point in Louisiana isn't too far from here. And so we're talking about going to check it out and then have a special group and bring little Cody with a shofar. And bring the youth and those who want to go and we're going to go to the high, we're going to march to the highest mountain in Louisiana. We're going to blow the shofar and we're going to decree like they did in Georgia. That the revival of the Lord is coming to Louisiana in Jesus' name. We're not going to do it from here. We're going to go over there and we're going to do it from there and decree from the highest point. How many know it says take the high places? It says take the high places. And so, hallelujah, you get your boots out. Brother Ray, get your boots out. And after, we'll hook you up on one of those little things, you and Brother Terry, and we'll get a roller cart. We'll get a bathtub and put a motor on it. Get you. <laughs> But how many of you know we're going, we're going to go to the high places? Amen. Amen. And it goes on to say, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed that there was no strange God among you. So you are my witness to say, I am a witness. Declares the Lord, I am a witness of the Lord. Say, I am a witness of the Lord. That He is God. And from eternity, He is God. And there is none that can deliver out of His hand. He says, I act. And who can reverse it? I act. And who can reverse it? Something happens in the years. Somebody gets in office. And God says, I'll give you three days and I'm kicking you out. He acts and who can reverse it? Things that are getting ready to happen. It's just going to be God revealing His right arm as we spoke about this morning. The arm of His power. Amen. Look with me in chapter 44, just the next chapter, 44, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. How many know, you just go back over these scriptures and read them every day, it'll build your faith up. We're not asking some little petty God, we're asking the God. To do these signs and wonders. I am the first and I am the last and there is no God beside me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim and declare it. Yes, let him recount it to me in order. 
from the time that I established the ancient nation and let them declare to them the things that are coming and the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it that you are my witnesses? Say, I am a witness. You are my witness. Is there any God beside me or is there any rock? I know none. Boy, I wanted to shout in that little Indian place over there. They showed the, the, the time thing, timeline, and they shown the birth of Muhammad. And I wanted to laugh so bad. Why don't people see when that idiot was born and when he died and was buried and is decayed? Only Jesus was vindicated by the Spirit. Ah! Seen by the angels, decreed around the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's our Lord. Always has been, always will be. We're the terrorists. Just we don't attack to kill. We just come against the thief who does. Glory be to God. And if we get busy praying against that Islamic spirit, It'll weaken. Because I know mean, that war in Iraq and Iran, Afghanistan, is not between America and those other nations. It's spiritual. We've got to back them up. Decree every day, our God, He is God. Yahweh the Redeemer. Verse 24 of that same chapter. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who forms you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things. Stretching out the heavens by myself <laughs> and spreading out the earth all alone. How many of you know he, he can boast? <laughs> Causing the one, the omits of bo- boasters to fail, making fools out of the diviners and causing wise men to draw back and turn their knowledge into foolishness. Confirming the word of his servant and performing the purpose of his messengers. It is I who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited. And of the cities of Judah, they shall be built. And I will raise up her ruins again. It is I who says to the depths of the sea, be dried up and I'll make your rivers dry. It is I who says to Cyrus, he is my shepherd and he will perform my desire. And he declares of Jerusalem, she will be built and of the temple, your foundations shall be laid. Amen. Look with me in Daniel chapter 2. We've got to be praying for the Daniel anointing in the church. We've got to be praying for the anointing of the sons of Issachar in the church to know the times and the seasons. We've got to be declaring the word of the Lord that no matter how dark or no matter what the enemy's trying to do, our God is God, always has been, always will be. All things have been created to Him and He knows how to handle everything. Daniel chapter 2 verse 34. Well, just look with me verse 44. Let's just read 44. Because the king's all messed up and all worried and this, that and the other. And here comes the interpretation through Daniel the prophet. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. How many belong to that kingdom? Come on, raise your hand and make the devil mad. Who belongs to a kingdom that will not be destroyed? Never! And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms. But it will itself endure Forever. Can I hear an amen tonight? It's a kingdom that will last forever. 
When we worship the king, we're worshiping a kingdom that will last forever. How many of you know the spirits of nations are rising up against nations? You know, God is contending for those nations. Even these nations that are trying to get nuclear warheads and, and all this power and all this stuff that they're trying to do and take over the oil and start wars and want to fight, all it's about is they're contending for souls and they're contending for God's plans over the nations. There are demonic powers. The Bible speaks of principalities, which are your generals in the spirit realm from the second heaven. It speaks about governing spirits. It talks about rulers of the darkness of this world. It speaks about a power, principalities and powers that rule in these areas. And these demonic spirits work with kings and they work with rulers and they work with generals and they work with dictators and they get a hold of them as they did in Nebuchadnezzar's day. And they try to warp their mind and warp their personality and warp their compassion to want to kill, steal and destroy and try to take over nations so that those nations would not have a time and a season to repent and they would die with eternity in their heart without knowing Christ. But even as we heard that there has been a village, even in Brazil lately, that has never been known before by man, but they were seen from the air and they found another nation so that now that the Word of God can be translated and go into those places so the Word of God can be confirmed that His Word will be proclaimed around the world to every tribe and every nation. And even though these nations have a plan and the demonic powers is trying to cause them to rise up nation against nation, God has a plan of His kingdom that will destroy the kingdoms of this world. And the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Christ. I don't care what they try to do. Amen? Listen to this prophecy. The church will begin to take on more of a military mentality in the coming times. The church will begin to take on more of a military mentality in the coming times. We're called to be an army, and in many ways we will start to reflect this in much more serious, focused demeanor in leadership and in the people. There's something about conflict that does focus our senses. We have been in a war against darkness and of the most desperate kind for the whole history of the church, but not all seem to understand this or live as they would as if they did understand it. This, too, will be changing as more of God's people come to an understanding the visionaries will make changes first. And as usual, they will be scorned and they will be ridiculed. Whenever you start talking about armies and warfare, fasting and prayer and going to the high places, people will ridicule you. But they've always done it according to the plan of God and they will always do it because it gets results. That comes with the territory and should not surprise us. However, our goal must always be to please the one who enlisted us, the Lord and not care what other people think, even His people. It is important that we keep in mind the greatest warriors are also the greatest worshipers, as we see with King David. These two go together, and if they did not, the hardship of the battle would produce some very unchristian behavior in Christians. We will not be able to take the intensity of conflict and the battle without being hardened if we're not continually softened by worship. How many know church is so important you play the worship in your vehicle and in your house? You keep that worship going so you do not be hardened. A soldier does not list for a vacation. I like that. A soldier does not list for a vacation. How many of you know church is not a vacation? Living a daily walk with the Lord is not a vacation. He never said it was going to be easy. There's warfare. 
There's bombing the heavens. There's bombing the gates of hell. There's pleading the blood. There's decrees through the word of God. There's prophetic prayers that rout and uproot the enemy. There's prayers that have to be made and decrees that have to be made. It's not a vacation that we're called to. It's a warfare. The worship team gets up there. And so many times they've got to close their eyes because there's such a warfare. People who don't want to get in worship. People who don't like the worship. People who think there's ought to be a change. And so many times you see that even, uh, even other people we had worshiping in the past would tell me, Pastor, I've got to close my eyes because if I open my eyes, I just want to run out of the building and never come back. And I tell them, baby, I know how you feel. There's a lot of times when I'm preaching, I wish I could wear some dark sunglasses. I wish I could be like Bono and just put on sunglasses and preach with sunglasses. And I wouldn't see some of the things I see. I wouldn't see the people sleeping because they think it's a vacation. I wouldn't see the people not taking notes to bring their Bible to church and looking around and daydreaming and wondering. And all of a sudden, but when things get rough and they need prayer, then they want to call. And then they want to say, please pray for me. And all they want to take and they want a book. When things get rough and their husbands threatening to leave them. Oh, I want you to pray for me. When their son's backslidden and going through another divorce. Oh, I want you to fast and pray for me. But when everything's okay, sometimes it's just you got to keep bombing and 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 you got to keep bombing. And it's not about how people look. It's not what people say. It's not how they don't respond. It's not about how they don't respond. It's about who we know, who is the creator and the former of all these things. We do not get rewarded by the response. We are not political realm where we get these little emails that tell me, Pastor, you're... What does the president get where it's high and low and it's been low for a long time? Pastor, your rating this Sunday dropped to 30. (laughs) Well, I could care less. Your rating is really dropping to five on Sunday nights. Care less. And then, oh, your rating went up to 60. I mean, you know, those poor people, I hope Bush don't even pay attention. Because it's never the same. And it's always, I'm not even going to go there. But one day when we stand before who we're reading about. It hurt financially. Giving that money to this one, sending that money to that one. But you did it by faith that I'm going to honor you because the nations, the nations, listen to me tonight, the nations are not too big a vision for this church. We've already sowed seed in many nations. But listen, we're going to see the nations covered out of this body. The nations will be covered. North, south, east, and west. Why? We're not intimidated by the hours The price, the cost, the master says go, is for us to go. And that's why he's preparing a people. Amen, church. So anyway, that's not in the prophecy. But we're not on vacation. Though many have become Christians because of a promise of health and wealth and a solution to their problems. True soldiers have enlisted with the very real commitment 
to be willing to go into harm's way and, if necessary, pay the ultimate price for their cause. True soldiers of Christ will go further, resolving to die every day to this world so they can live for the sake of the gospel. True Christianity lives the life told in Matthew 16:25, For whosoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. It is true that when we lay down our lives daily for the sake of the gospel, we find a fulfillment in life and peace and joy in a way that is incomprehensible to those who do not know Him. Y'all heard that new word, incomprehensible? It's a new word. There is no greater liberty. It's a misspell. There is no greater... There is no greater liberty that we could ever know than to be Christ's slave, to walk in the courage that it takes to be a soldier of the cross in this path to ultimate freedom, the freedom from fear. If we have died to this world, then there is nothing this world can do to us. One who is dead does not fear rejection, failure, or anything else. As one soldier said, a coward dies a thousand deaths, but the courageous only die once. God is raising up an army. Can I hear an amen? amen? Hallelujah. Let me get going here. I love Matthew chapter 28 in the message translation. It's our great commission. Matthew 28. Blessed be God forevermore. <laughs> His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. Matthew 28. This is the message translation. Didn't they start throwing those against the wall in churches? Didn't we hear about somebody started doing that? I need a new one. Meanwhile, verse 16, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee. Isn't it sad? One wasn't with them anymore. Headed for the mountains, Jesus had set for them to re- for the reunion. reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back. Not sure about worship. About risking themselves totally. But Jesus undeterred. Went right ahead and gave his charge. (laughs) God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life. Marking them by baptism and in the threefold name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. And I will be with you as you do this day after day, right up to the end. Of the age. He says, Ask of me and I will give you the, the heathen for inheritance. How many know we're commissioned to overcome the powers of darkness and to release the kingdom of God? Amen. I want to read to you Isaiah chapter 62. Isaiah chapter 62. You got that DVD ready, bro? Isaiah 62, verse 6. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, 
Do not keep silent. Say that. Do not keep silent. And give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Now, I'm going to stop there because there's so many scriptures just like this about talking about Jerusalem being a praise in all the earth. But I want you to see this DVD of over 210, 240 nations that gather in Jerusalem interceding and praying for you and I. And as we know, he says that Jerusalem will be a praise in all the earth. And as we know, Jerusalem, Israel just celebrated their 60th anniversary as a nation, as a state. And all of it was telecast. Thank God through the Internet and through the news, we can see everything that was happening right then and there. And so I want you to see that we're coming to the times where we're going to see marvelous things. Amen. I believe, and I know there's a bunch of us in here, have a desire to go to... How many feel a pull, a call to Israel to go and visit? Let me see your hands. I want to see how many, because we're going to have a team. How many feel a sense, it's time to go? You feel it, don't you? There's a, oh, there's something. Well, not this Wednesday, I don't think, but the following, our Israeli missionary who we help feed the poor with is going to be here. And she's always after us to go. I feel a poor. I feel God is calling us to Israel to go pray and walk on that ground. And if you say, I don't think I could ever do it, get your faith out and believe the God who is the God over everything can give you the passport and the finances you need to go. But we're going to walk that land and intercede on that land. We're going to walk where Christ walked. And I believe the spirit of worship, stronger than ever before, is going to come upon the worship team and, and, and the church to worship the Lord God, the creator of everything. So watch this that took place. And, and here, listen to the testimony of this. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. Is that awesome? Is that awesome? Hallelujah, isn't that awesome? Can you get excited about the nation? Glory to God. Do you realize we're living in a time where that has never happened before? Man, that ought to just get you excited. Come on, pretend if you're not. Man, that, look at, those people are not going to hell. And they're praying for us. And they're wanting to send missionaries here and all over the world. This is an awesome time. We support this ministry. We've prayed. We're along with them. We're going to be part of the call. Some of us are going into, uh, in August. We're part of this. We're part of the nations. We are part of the nations. And we shall always be part of the nation because that is Jesus' heart. He came to seek and save those that were lost. As this church will grow and we will reach around the world and we will be part of church plants and Bible schools and hospitals and medical ministries and teaching and singing and drama, you name it. Already have been somewhat. But a so small comparison what we're going to do. Can you believe with me that we can get to where a million dollars a year 
is just the beginning for missions around the world. We're not trying to heap up riches for ourselves. It's to reach the world. We've just lately, besides all the finances and everything, we've added three more ministries monthly. Because we are going to reach the world. And the devil knows that whatever he tries to pressure us, we're going to give more to the nations. The more he tries to pressure us, the more we're going to reach the world. The more he's going to try to pressure us, the more we're going to find needy people to give to. Because his pressure will not stop us fulfilling the Great Commission. And together we're going to do it. You pray for this ministry. You pray for the finances. You pray for the vision. You pray for the nations. You pray that together we can reach this world. We can do our part. We can stand behind those who God is raising up to go into those nations to see the gospel preached. But also our city to be saved. Our region to be touched. Our region to be touched. Amen. And these little churches that are half heard of one church only has 20 people. That they will be filled because revival is going to hit them also. And these little churches are going to be filled. And the voices of worship and praise is going to go throughout the land. Because it's all to the glory of the King of Kings. We worship you, Father. <laughs> you are God. You are the one true God and we worship you. You created us. We are your witnesses. This is your foundation. Be exalted from central Louisiana. Be exalted by every person here as the witness of the truth that prevails. We push back darkness as we pray and we intercede. I praise you for a fire, a rekindle of a fire, even for Tuesday nights. For those who have quit coming to come back. And to push through. Just will you pray with me for just an hour? For the nations. For the schools. For the children. Because the Lord says, your prayers move mountains. Your prayers heal the sick. Your prayers changes government. Your prayers defeats violence. Move us. To daily live in your temple, in your sanctuary, praying and praising you. Make us your ministers a flame of fire. Baptize your church in fire. As we long and we live to seek you, to serve you. Well, we're not looking for a vacation. We're looking for the war. We smell the sin of war and we go, ha! We pull out the sword. Ready for battle. Wake up the mighty men. Where it's time for battle. Put a trumpet to your mouth and sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Who is this more beautiful than the sun and the setting of the moon? It's the banners of a heavenly army riding forth in triumph and glory. Thank you for your spirit in your church and the truth of your word prevailing. We bless you and we glorify you and we honor you, King of glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.